Connecting for positive change. So hello and welcome back to the second in a short series of podcasts focusing on industrial decarbonisation and in particular the Industrial Energy Transformation Fund provided by the Department for Energy Security and Net Zero. My name is Jenny McDonnell and the podcast series is brought to you by Innovate UK on behalf of Desnes. The purpose of this podcast series is to encourage the permanent deployment of industrial energy efficiency and decarbonisation technologies with support from the Industrial Energy Transformation Fund. The fund is providing capital investment to industrial sites in England, Wales and Northern Ireland to help them to reduce their energy demand and carbon emissions associated with their industrial process. There is also a sister fund, the Scottish IETF, provided by the Scottish Government, which provides similar support. You can find out more information about the IETF programme at the link in the description below. And also do sign up to receive KTN newsletters and updates on the IETF fund when it returns for phase three in 2024. So joining me today for the second podcast are Guy Armitage from York Handmade Bricks, and Stefan Vizier from Wienerberger. So hello to you both. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves and your role within your organisation? So Stefan, would you like to go first? Yes, um, hello, Jenny. Uh, I'm uh, Stefan Vizier. I work for Wienerberger as a project manager. I joined the company in 2004, and my role is to support the factories with uh, major projects. Uh, I do therefore travel often across the UK, actually uh, England, where we operate 14 sites. Wienerberger is a large company based in Vienna and uh, represented in 30 countries. In the UK, the head office is in Manchester and uh, we employ around 1,500 people. We produce mainly facing bricks, clay and concrete roof tiles. And we have also two sites manufacturing building product in the UK. Thank you very much. And now you, Guy. Um, my name is Guy Armitage. I'm the managing of, managing director of York Handmade Brick Company. Uh, we man we have one factory, uh, so we're much much smaller than Wienerberger. We manufacture handmade style bricks in North Yorkshire, which um, ten miles north of York itself. Um, we probably make uh, about three million bricks a year, um, but we're we're very much a niche a niche manufacturer making uh, high end products for um, high value products for uh, high end prestigious buildings or self builds or heritage jobs, um, and we've been going since nineteen eighty eight. That's lovely. Thank you very much. So thanks to you both for coming along today to share your experience of the IETF with us. Before we get into the detail on what you're hoping to deploy with help from the IETF, I wonder if you could both share your views on the specific challenges that the ceramic sector has as a whole um, and how, what they face on their journey to net zero. So, Stefan, would you like to go first on that one? Oh, uh, yes. Well, uh, the ceramic sector is, is an intensive energy industry and uh, very diverse. So there is no one solution for all. It includes uh, bricks, uh, tableware, refractories, clay roof tiles, floor and wall tiles, sanitary ware, clay drainage pipes, and technical ceramic. 
and all with their specific processes. Um, however, natural gas is mainly used as a fuel for our kilns and dryer, which represents, and this is for Wienerberger case, around 75% of our CO2 emissions. Mm. The other 25 comes from the clay during the frying process, and uh, this is for uh, scope one only. Um, I also think that the ceramic sector has already taken extensive early action to decarbonize, and I believe we have some of the world's most energy and carbon efficient ceramic manufacturing operations uh, in the UK. Therefore, deeper decarbonization uh, will require, in my view, the development and deployment of breakthrough technologies, including electrification, hydrogen, bioenergy, and carbon capture, and mainly in locations outside of uh, industrial clusters. Um, and finally, for me, to 2050 is approaching fast, where time could become critical to uh, implement the right technologies for different processes. So that's that's all, you know, the, the in summary, the, the challenges I think uh, the ceramic sector is facing uh, currently. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of sectors are feeling the pressure of 2050 charging towards them. But good to hear that the ceramic sector has already done a lot on maybe on the energy efficiency side, but now focusing on decarbonisation. Thanks very much, Stefan. And Guy, from a small manufacturer's point of view, um, in the ceramic sector, where where do you think the uh, challenge is? Um, I think it's it's important for us to, because because we're making ceramics, you need a high quality fuel. Um, mm -hmm. So um, we've been we've been benchmarking our our, our um, carbon emissions for for twenty years. So we've been we've made good very good improvements as an industry over that over that time. Mm -hmm. We used to fire with recovered oil. We now fire with a much cleaner, uh, cleaner gas, um, like like most factories do in the in the UK. But um, I think probably the, the the challenge is for us to find a a, a non a, a non fossil fuel um, way of of firing the bricks. Uh, be that uh, something to do with hydrogen, and and um, for us that would mean getting hydrogen into the into the mains network, or it might be. Um, Using anaerobic digestion to pr produce ga gas mm. uh, to, um, to to fire our bricks, but at, but at the moment we're very much um, reliant on 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 fossil fuels. I think there's still a lot of work we can do on on being more efficient with the with the fossil fuel we, we use. But ultimately, we're very aware that, that that really to to meet net zero, we we need to find a way to um, to wean ourselves off off fossil fuels. Um, altogether ideally yeah and i guess the fuels it's it's not just um changing the equipment on your site but actually knowing that you've got that secure supply of energy coming into your site for you to use instead of fossil fuels uh, absolutely i mean we we're based in rural north yorkshire so we're not we're not faster part of an industrial cluster where where some sort of um local local steam producing hydrogen could supply lots of, of businesses uh, we are totally reliant on the on, on being able to get something into the national gas network or perhaps as a, the anaerobic having an anaerobic digester next next you know next door to the yeah. site 
And could you expand, Guy, on, on why decarbonisation is so important to your business in particular and what measures you've already put in place maybe to, to be more resilient and sustainable? Um, I think on a... I think it's it's very it's very obvious to I mean we we are a we're a family-owned business so we're we're very aware as individuals of of, of the the challenges of global warming and we can all see in the news and and, and I think to some extent we you, you know what's happening with wildfires and and temperatures average temperatures going up each year and droughts and so on around the world so. I think we're we're aware of our sort of moral responsibility to to do to do our part, but also um, I think we're aware that our customers uh, are, are ever increasingly demanding that the products they use on their buildings are um, are, are comply with with net zero or certainly are, have green credentials, yeah. um, and um, and then also the the other com commercial factor is is we're aware that. We've been aware for a long time that the only thing that's going to happen to the the price of um, of fuel is is it's going to it's going to go up as uh, and and so that, and, the, and certainly in the time I've been in the industry that's exactly what's 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 happened and I, and I I don't see any anything changing there so um so those are, are, are three three reasons why you know we we think we're, we're very aware that we we need to get on board with the um, net zero challenge. Yeah, so it's benefiting the environment, but also benefiting you as a company. You're able to absolutely be an effective money making company, but also help uh, reduce your emissions at the same time. That's good to know. Um, Stefan, would you like to share uh, Wienerberger's net zero strategy? Yeah, well, I, I, I will agree with with Guy. I think the main reason must be climate change, and if we are respons a responsible company, we must find a radical but practical response to uh, overcome the challenges of climate change, biodiversity loss, and resource scarcity within the construction sector. So, in Wienerberger, we have a clear sustainability uh, strategy and the net zero emissions ambition by 2050 with um, some milestones to achieve in between. So for instance, we are aiming to 15% reduction in CO2 emissions by the end of this year from 2020 baseline across the Wienerberger building solution. So to, to achieve that and to drive innovation uh, to, to get to our targets, uh, we, we've got uh, different work packages. So, I mean, the first one, and I would say perhaps the, the main one is uh, around the manufacturing process, mm -hmm. whereby continuously improving energy efficiency with better process control, implementation of uh, best, best uh, practices is always a, a life topic in Wienerberger. Mm -hmm. um, we are also investing heavily in uh, heat pump technology to recover further waste heat back into the process um, but also uh, as a, another key area is the development of our people with uh, training on new technologies so for instance uh, Wienerberger has invested uh, a year ago in a center excellence uh, to train apprentices and our technicians to support the technology transformation we need to decarbonize our process so yeah, uh, there is a lot of, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, actions being taken within Wienerberger currently. That's excellent, uh, especially about the the centre to, to train um, new recruits on on the technology. That's that's a great idea. Um, would you like to carry on now and, and give us an overview of what the IETF funding has, has helped you to deploy at your site in Doncaster? Yes, so the, the IETF funding is for our centre site located in Yorkshire near Doncaster. Uh, so the site manufactures concrete roof tiles and has uh, three main production lines. So the, the manufacturing process is relatively simple. Um, after mixing cement, sand and water, the tiles are extruded onto aluminum pallets, which are then transported into a curing chamber, which uh, uses gas oil to heat the tiles at around 45 degrees. And this is where the main source of fuel consumptions and CO2 emissions comes uh, from on site. So the project is about the replacement of two large gas oil boilers using our curing system in factory one with a twin module electric air source heat pump system with a similar heat capacity. And uh, the objective of this project is to reduce our CO2 emission by 280 tons of, of uh, CO2, which will make the process free from scope one and scope two CO2 emissions after the full implementation. And, uh, you know, if uh, a successful outcome of, of, of this project uh, for me will definitely stimulate additional investment to install this technology uh, at the remaining Wienerberger concrete roof tiles factory as part of our decarbonization strategy. That's great. And I'm really pleased to hear that you would um, roll it out across other sites as well. And um, as it is sort of fuel switching to, to electricity, really, do you plan to generate your own electricity in the future? Well, uh, we have looked at uh, in Santov to have uh, some uh, solar panel um, to produce uh, um, our own electricity so that we can as well have perhaps a, a better control of the uh, uh, electricity market price. Um, but we, in Wienerberger, we've got contract uh, with the electricity supplier to have uh, a renewable uh, electricity sources. So that, that's, that's how we make sure that uh, uh, scope two is, um, is a carbon free as well. Yeah, that's great. Okay, thank you. And, and Guy, would you like to share an overview of your IETF funding and how it's helping you to prepare for a future deployment at your site in York? Um, we've received funding for a, a feasibility study that will help us look into um, how we can get heat, waste heat from our kilns, which is currently going up the chimney into the atmosphere, how we can take that, that heat off the kilns and, uh, and use it to supply the drying process. The drying process of bricks currently uses a, probably about a, almost a third of our gas, of our gas use. Um, and so we, we hope we can significantly cut that. The, the, what we use the gas for on the drying um, is to heat the chamber up to uh, oh, about 80 or 90 degrees, um, as opposed to the kilns where the heat has to go to 1,000 degrees. Um, so we, so if, we can, if we can pull that, that heat off um, and, and, 
and put it into the dryers. Um, we, we think that could, that can make a really big saving. The, the difficulty and the reason why we need a, quite a sophisticated feasibility study is um, we've done this in the past and we've taken the heat off the kilns, but the, the heat that came directly off the, the, the kilns corroded the ducting and ultimately we had to take it down and it didn't work. There were timing issues. You have to get the heat at the right time when the when the firing cycle heat is 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 at its most optimal, and when the dryer requires the heat. So all, all those timings have to to work together. Um, so this will help us. We're working together with um, with a, a professor from Sheffield University, who's who's an expert in this, um, and he's been able to give us the contacts that we need to come up with a really um, a scheme that will enable us to put in place something that will that that will get around all the issues that we've had in the past, so that we can have something that that works really well and optimally, and make sure that we're not wasting we're not sort of wasting our time or our money, um, and we can make a, a really good saving on carbon. That's great. That's a great example. I know that um, Hinton Perry and Davenhill um, are looking at similar. Uh, they they were funded to do a feasibility study. In previous rounds so um it's a great example of particularly what a smaller site can do with the ietf funding so thank you both for, for sharing your projects hopefully that's given our listeners some ideas of what they can do on their sites too so to finish up our chat today let's look to the future there's been a reasonable amount of funding for r d and also deployment of this industrial decarbonization technologies over the last few years but what further support would you like to see from the government? Um, is the current support fit for purpose or is there something more the government could be doing to encourage you to reach net zero sooner? So, Stefan, would you like to start with that one? Well, I mean, uh, Jenny, uh, for me, there are never enough uh, funding. So uh, we'll always welcome more investment uh, that are uh, of Obviously, um, my main concern is around the timescale to implement the new technologies and, and product within our processes. Uh, this is a transformation which involves the complete supply chain. So from the uh, raw materials to, uh, to the customer. So that will take, you know, time to, yeah. uh, to do that. We, we need as well resources, uh, suppliers, new skills. So training and education to ensure we have the people to implement those new technologies by 2050 is key as well. So uh, we, we should work on that very hard. Um, the infrastructure as well for, we were talking about electrification, hydrogen, so for electricity, hydrogen production needs also to meet the demand. Um, so that, that's uh, you know, something we need to, to consider uh, uh, as well. And finally, uh, policies to protect companies investing in clean technology so that they can stay competitive is a must because that, that's, that's going to be expensive to uh, decarbonize the, uh, the process. So that's, that's you know, the, the points uh, I would you know, raise with the government um, if I could. Yeah, lovely. I completely agree on uh, policy uncertainty. That's, that's always a challenge. Um, and you know, I completely understand that you don't want to be investing huge amounts of money and then the policy changes. Um, the infrastructure um, relating to energy networks, I know that Ofgem have the Strategic Innovation Fund, which is encouraging the 
distribution network operators to upgrade the gas and electricity system to be able to cope with all of the different uh, renewable energy sources. So hopefully those two complementing each other should help you to get to where you want to be uh, by 2050. Um, Guy, do you agree with the comments that Stefan made? Is there any further support maybe for smaller industrial sites? Yeah, I, I agree very much with what Stefan said. I, I think, um, of course, the the um, the the you know more more grants would be would be very helpful because there's so there's so much we can we can do. Um, I, and and equally, I think um, these things do take time. Um, we, we would you know we, we would love to do things overnight if if, if we could, but the, the reality is is um, is these things are expensive and. We, we, you know, we need we need time to do them. I think as a smaller company, what I particularly like about the Industrial Energy Transformation Fund and how it's been run is we've been able to get quite a lot of help with this with this um, application. Whether it's been through our through our trade association, the BCC, where where we were, we've been given a lot of information about how to apply, or also um, by being able to use. Um, external people to help help apply for for the grant such as uh, the, the parashaxi who who were the company that we we used to help us a, apply for this um applying for applications is not where we you know where it's not where we have our our main expertise we're good at making bricks we're not necessarily that good at making the applications for grants so i i think um i think being able doing doing these these sorts of um initiatives in a way that that we can get help with the applications is uh, is very helpful if, if smaller companies are, are going to be able to take advantage of them. Great. And was there anything in particular that, as well as the ITF, that you would like the government to help you to help encourage you to decarbonise faster? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, I think there's it, it's uh, there's so much that we that we could do. I think it's important that. Um, I think the, the I think we, we need recognition that of, of why it's important to have our industries. Um, you know, we, we need I think the, the, the you know, the, the target for housing is something like 300,000 bricks uh, houses a, a, a year. You're going to need a lot of bricks to do that. I think bricks are important to the economy. Um, so it's important that with any sort of stick type policies that um, that, that they take, you know, they, they take that into account and that, and that these policies aren't just re revenue raising exercises, they are genuinely to to help improve the environment. Um, but I think in terms of of what we, we would, you know, what, what we would like, I think that there are a lot of um, opportunities for the future. For example, I would very much like to fire our bricks on uh, using anaerobic digestion, for, for example, using gas for that. I don't know whether it's possible. Uh, I think we'd need a lot of help from perhaps universities or, or to see if the, the gas is, is suitable to fire bricks, whether we're going to get the right colours, that kind of thing. But I think, I think ultimately, if we want to get to net zero in 2050, that's the sort of opportunity um, that we'll need to take advantage of. A small company like ours is not going to be able to do it on our own, but with help from from the government and and, and external partners, uh, I, I believe we can get there. 
That's great. Thanks very much, Guy. Well, I'm afraid we need to wrap up now. So thanks so much to Guy and Stefan. It's been great to have you with us today and to learn about the progress being made within the ceramic sector in the UK. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. A link to KTN's website has been added to the description below. So don't forget to sign up to receive our newsletters and also the IETF updates so that you can take advantage of phase three when it opens in 2024. In the next episode, we'll be hearing from the industrial sites from the chemical sector who are also going to share their IETF experiences with us. But for now, thank you very much and goodbye.